Hello. Hey. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And we're going to talk about The Ride. The Ride. The Ride. Episode 9. Season 6. A. Um, I I think that I just really like Christopher-centric episodes. You do. He's I'm always the character. one. He, I guess he is my favorite character. <laughs> but after, you know, whenever we watch a lot of the Christ, Well, not that this one is like the other Christopher episodes in that... There's some different stuff that goes on. They always do pair his storyline with, I think, something that you just... I don't know if you just don't really like that or something. Mm. I don't know. There's always, like... I don't know. You just, you, you're like always like, I never have that much to say about this episode. Oh, interesting. Really? Is that something I typically say after Christopher-centric yes. episodes? Weird. Yeah. Hmm. So what did they pair it with in this episode that you think made me feel that way? Um, I think the festival, like the... The Italian festival. Okay. It was kind of like the Columbus Day. Right. I hear you. And um, you, d- you didn't have a lot to say after that one either. <laughs> Another Christopher-themed episode. Well, that's the thing. I have things to say about this episode, but... I like the... Yeah. I know, I know. I'm, I know you're going to have things to say, but... <laughs> I have nothing to say. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but, Thank you for no, listening. it's funny, like, because these type of episodes, I really like, and I don't think they are the most popular... Mm type of episodes either yeah um well, but they definitely yeah. pair christopher's character with other certain storylines like kind of these identity mm-hmm. and like identity and um how do i put it well like i don't know like questions about mortality kind mm-hmm. of episodes definitely for me the two main themes in this episode are kind of questions of family and also questions of boredom repetition yeah. and dealing with mundanity which has been a been kind of i'm Mon- thinking of is mundanity mundan- a word i was just thinking about that is i don't think how mundane things can be <laughs> unknown but that question that kind of fucking regularness of everyday life goes all the way back to i think it's legend of tennessee multisanti where we see that another as- christopher episode associated with christopher going all the way back to season one where actually that topic is almost kind of introduced around Christopher that's actually where we almost kind of develop Christopher as a major character is around that question he feels like he doesn't have an arc Mm -hmm. he feels like he doesn't have excitement in his life it's too much for him and I feel like they're really reinvestigating that theme in this episode in fact the ride the title for me is referring Mm -hmm. to multiple things but mostly the ride at the fair and this thing that's actually questioned in therapy for Tony you know, rides, why do we line up to puke, this idea of boredom. And for me, it's almost kind of a stage in the evolution of Tony after he's been shot, uh-huh. where he's shot, he comes back to life, and he is feeling like life is a gift. And now he's questioning, why does it have to be a pair of socks? So he's kind of going through these stages of coping with yeah. this life-altering event. And I think we talked about earlier in the season, Tony had the opportunity to actually change. And there are some signs that Tony could in, could kind of reflect on his life in a way that only this kind of life-changing event could. And it's possible that he could lead to somewhere much more constructive and being a better person. And now I feel like he's in a new stage, this stage of boredom. Which well, is... I think change, like being a better person, would be boring for Tony, right? Like we saw that at the end of last episode where he, you know, changed his mind about having sex with Juliana, right? Like, quote-unquote, did the right thing. Right. And then he came home exactly. and he was, like, raging, Yeah. right? And so it is. It's like, 
he he can't be that person. Yeah, he was really mad about turkey. Even today, he was looking in the fridge. He couldn't find what he wanted. Um, It's really annoying. It's really annoying for him. Like, it's really boring. And no, but I I really do think, like, that's the thing with Tony is, and we see it in this episode with Christopher, and both, like, both of them have this fucking regularness of life thing. Mm Mm-hmm issue right yeah. i think that's like in some as ways others. what that's just almost everybody and think about Artie, sure you know, too like yeah. recently and i think that's something that's really standing out for me in this season is how the repetition of storylines from throughout the series of sopranos showing up in season six is intentional yes we're getting the same ideas being presented to us the same conversations this you know this romanticizing night the the night with the vipers them kind of going over and over the exact same conversation within the same episode. We're repeating ideas because things are boring. It's all people have is to just rehash. Yeah. And it isn't exciting. Yeah. No, I think it's like... Um, sorry, I'm just looking hmm. looking at my notes. Um, there's, there's that other scene that's a little bit repetitive for me where after Tony and Chris hit the Vipers or whatever and steal that wine, which I have like to think more about the wine but they go to the this steak restaurant right mm-hmm. and it's like very much like the scene that we had and i forget which episode it's in after tony blendetto and tony and chris yeah dig up the bodies right. up at uncle pat's farm right. the guy who i thought was mark margulis but wasn't right <laughs> <laughs> um, not mark margulis and it is this kind of like they did the same kind of like jokey thing, like reminisce thing. But in this one, Chris takes it to this darker level, right? Mm-hmm. And we get this kind of funny but also important flashback. I find flashbacks are always a little tough to pull off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like that we get this scene, it right? Because that's surprising when it happens. It is surprising when it happens. And, you know, it's we, we kind of were able to imagine what that scene would have been like right um but it is literal for the show i mean they were doing fine without having showed it to us yeah i i I wonder about that one actually like i wonder what their if that was their intention when they didn't include that right um in that episode Mm -hmm. anyways um but yeah but like so they kind of take it like you know from this level of yeah like reminiscing about all these times like I don't know what they were they were talking about like you know like reminiscing over this thing that just happened a few days ago um and chris takes it to this other level where it's like well like remember this right or like remember what you did for me yeah um they revisit history in this really funny way in this show and, and characters do i mean like christopher you know, talking with Kelly when he finds out that Kelly is pregnant. Mm-hmm. I also love, I mean, I love that we meet Kelly in this right. episode and then they get married. Yeah. Also in this episode. About five minutes. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Um, but we have him, like, she's like, you know, he's like, my ex could never have kids. Yeah. And, you know, and she, and then she's like, is that your ex that ran out on you? And he's like, she's probably having some other asshole's kid, that fucking tramp or whatever, or whatever he says about her. Um, that, yeah. That's a straight, that's like a strange thing to say. No, but right? I think that like, that's his way of coping. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah, he has to imagine something like that. He And has I think he to. honestly believes it. Like, one thing that I did get out of the flashback that I thought was really interesting is, 
as Chris is leaving Tony's, Tony kind of understands what this means to yeah. Christopher. And he says, we're going to take care of it. And yeah. it's very calm. There's yeah. no talk about what's actually going to happen. Obviously, Christopher knows, but nobody is taking responsibility for it. Nobody's acknowledging what's about to happen. So the last scene is Christopher walks out. That's it. He doesn't talk to Carmela, but yeah. there's no ownership for what's about to happen. In fact, I get the impression from watching that flashback that those two never talked about and probably have it, never talked about never what talked happened. About it, yeah. And even in this moment, they're not talking about it in a way where Christopher could be existing in a fantasy world where he could imagine. That's actually a good way to look at it, yeah. That she did run out. I think he actually does believe that. I think it's the only way that he can cope with it. You're right. He knows, but he doesn't allow yeah. himself. He doesn't give himself. Well, I think that's why things. he like starts using again, right? Like like any kind of acknowledgement of the fact like of what one reason. actually yeah. happened, right? Yeah. Which like yeah, she doesn't get. And we get a bit of insight into that with seeing Adriana's mom. Yeah. Right? And I love that actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know her name. I don't either. But, like, just her, like, crazy eyes and being crazy like, eyes. this is what depression, this is depression. Kind of reminds me of Laura Palmer's mom from Twin Peaks. She does remind <laughs> me of that actor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Great Lynch cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we get this insight into like how the stories that other characters have, right? Like her story is also not correct, mm-hmm. right? But that's this, like that's what she tells herself, right? right. Like she, in her world, she can't imagine that her daughter would never call her on um, her, her birthday, birthday and things like that. And the FBI came, but like, you know, she doesn't have the story correct either. Like yeah. Christopher didn't, I mean, didn't physically kill and yet, Adriana. She's pretty close. She's close. Yeah. She's cool. And I love Carmela's face, too, mm-hmm. when she's like... Mm. Yeah. Because even Carmela, like, Carmela could never have, like, even imagined that, right? Like, no. You know, she's like... She doesn't allow herself to recognize No, and even when there's, like, these holes in it, right? Like, even when Tony's, like, um, it's the best thing that could have happened for him, like, breaking up with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I thought that Aid broke up with right. Chris, right? Like, um, but she still can't let herself believe that, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, totally. I feel like Christopher is just his his fallback into drugs is also just again his way of dealing with boring life. Yeah, much as it was the last night we saw him fall into drugs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think back to the time around like Commendatory, and it's very similar. I mean, it's just a cycle, and I think that that's one thing that this show really mm-hmm. deals with is are these cycles mm-hmm. and these inevitabilities of life. And how repetitive and almost predictable it is for everybody. These like universal aspects of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Um, even, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like the way the episode starts off, it is for me established as a Christopher episode. Yes. And you have Christopher watch it, watching this action movie, which is interesting given that he's investing so much in Cleaver. He's investing in something that's outside of his world. It's almost like he needs to engage himself by doing something outside of what he normally does. Like that's exciting. And now he's watching a movie it's this kind of escape even when he talks to kelly he's saying we'll miss the previews so there's this idea that he's watching a movie and they're going to another movie so he's like for me fully immersed in movies right and um there's something about just yeah that that fantasy and then the way that that kind of blends over into him talking to her about having kids and he says let's do it I think it's just different than his actual life. Mm-hmm. And so for us as viewers and as spectators watching a mob show 
is exciting and a release mm-hmm. and different and in a way to see things that we don't experience in our normal life. But for somebody who lives it, it's just as boring and it's just as repetitive and quotidian. So it's, uh, I think for him, it's, you know, Christopher just now engaging in, oh, like, let's have kids, but it's an escape and it's not real. And I think that this question, this episode really brings up questions of family. It's talked about a lot. Christopher talks about it shortly after um, from AA, you know, like these are the building blocks. This is important. Right. Well, for me. you learned from Tony and from AA. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, like there, there are these questions of family. So what is Christopher's family? Is he building a family? Because he just jumps into a family with Kelly without anything. Mm-hmm. They have no, we've never even met her before. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe that she's that important to him. They have much to build on. And yet Tony and Christopher's trip, um, for me, ride, kind of the other ride, ride exactly, kind were. of the other yeah. ride of the episode, this ride that they go on where it ends up and they're saying, I love you to each other. And that's basically where it leaves off. For me, that's an actual family. Mm. Tony and Christopher have a kind of familial bond that's stronger than the bond between almost anybody else. And that's kind of the bond that maybe is Christopher's building block. Mm-hmm. And yet I think it's somewhat toxic because, you know, we have Tony pouring wine for yeah, Christopher right after he's talking wedding, about at least. discipline, setting limits for himself, which is obviously yeah. what he needs. Well, then later he talks about not sabotaging Christopher's progress. Right? Yeah, While and he's he like does. drinking the same wine. I mean, Tony's incapable of disciplining himself or setting limits for himself, but he does sabotage his progress. Mm-hmm. And actually the things that he's proud of Christopher for and that he's talking up in this episode are all going to backtrack now. And you can kind of trace it to that moment. I actually... I. Don't know, but I feel like there's supposed to be a connection between Tony pouring wine for Christopher and Christopher using heroin. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a development there, and mm-hmm. if Tony hadn't poured wine for him, I don't know if he would have, you know, taken Corky's drugs and then ultimately started injecting again. Yeah, I don't know, I, but I don't Tony's know. definitely not establishing like a strong foundation for it. Well, again, like that. Sorry, I'm yawning. Um, that's exciting for Tony, right? Like Tony can't like Tony feels like, oh, this is a boring Christopher, right? Like Right. And like Boring Chris. Boring. <laughs> like that's he likes it when Chris is kind I think like because I don't know, like like going off the rails, because then Tony can exert his power over him. Like when Christopher's, you know, talking back to him or mm-hmm. um you know, he like says like you were young and stubborn. Like he likes that um, because it, it puts him in this position of power. When Chris has his shit together, like he's actually quite smart mm-hmm. and you know, right. like almost threatening in some ways. In some ways, too. interesting. I don't know, like that scene at the end when Tony's putting the rest of the wine bottles away, and we'll talk about the wine too because mm-hmm. I feel like that's like such an interesting one. But um. There, we have this long scene of silence, right? Where Chris goes to the basement. Mm-hmm. Tony's putting away these bottles. And he says something like, so like, what's new with you or whatever? And Tony's like, nothing. Yeah. And then Chris just stands there. I really wonder like what he went there to say. Right? Oh, interesting. We, we just see him go to the basement. And he doesn't, have any, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> He's just like, what's new with you? Interesting. I and, didn't think about that. And then he, they, they stand there for a long time. And then Tony starts to like be like, we're with the Vipers yeah. or whatever. Like starts just like rehashing this mm-hmm. story again. Um, and then we have another long silence. Mm-hmm at the end of those mm-hmm. scenes too. So I don't know what Chris It's interesting too to because the basement him. is typically where we have 
scenes of importance where yeah. things are discussed that are important to their yeah. livelihood. And... Yeah. And yeah. And then just the wine in general, like it does, I think, go back to that boredom thing, right? Like this was like so much fun for them when they went and stole these this wine. Well, because it was vipers. unexpected. It was and unexpected. I think that's what they're looking for. Yeah. And they like both just kind of have the personalities where they're like, yeah, let's do this, mm -hmm. right? Like it's old times or whatever. Um, but then I love how the wine starts to taste more boring to Tony as time. Like, yeah. he's like, I feel like it's lost its pop, pop. right? Yeah. You know, like, is he cycling back into a depression? Mm -hmm. Um, is he like, is there something about like what happened? Like, I don't know, you know, like Chris not enjoying the wine or something, right? Yeah. That like then for Tony that it's not as good as he imagined it to yeah. be or thought it to be i'm not sure um but i do really like that that's something that happened like tony just like you see him drinking it the first time and he like, he's like swooshing it in his mouth yeah. and he's like loving it yeah um and then you see him kind of like make a face at it the next right. times we, we see yeah it, so um but yeah i think tony's like definitely very restless i mm -hmm. think like not doing his natural instinct is really hard for him right I think so yeah and I think you're you're right I think it really does play into the end of last episode where it was really hard for him to do the right thing yeah and turn on on on, on Julianne uh, Julianne Julianne uh, Julianne Julianne why uh, do you think we see Julianne at the uh, fair yeah Julianne okay Julianne why can't I get that I can't get it I'm not sure it might be it's Julianne <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. The act, the actress's name is also Juliana Margulis or wow. Mar whatever. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Why do you think we see her at the fair? That's a great question. I don't have a good answer for that. I actually found it a little strange. Or like, is it actually? Is her? it actually her? That's the question. Because if it, it could actually not be her, he's seeing her on the ride. Like it was an ex it was excitement, right? Mm -hmm. That's passing. Mm -hmm. And he's not on the ride. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, it's something that he also fixates on in the episode. It's something that psychologically is interesting to him. Mm -hmm. Why do we get on these rides? Mm -hmm. Because that's almost like a ride that he turned down. I yeah. think the title is really giving us a, a key to decoding this episode. Yeah. Kind of like, what is the focus? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Like, the question, like, the question that Melfi asks, like, mm. why do you think that we do that? And his, his immediate answer is, they're bored. Yes. Right? And I think that's just, like, such a key, like, I kind of want to ask, like, other people that question and mm. see what their responses would be. Right. Like, why do you think people line up for fun. rides? <laughs> <laughs> they're fun. Yeah, because they're cool. Coolness. Uh, fun. because yeah, they're awesome. Coolness um, and fun. But, yeah, like, it's a, good, it's a good kind of indicator of your psyche, right? Like, seeing people having fun, mm. right? Like... What does that do for you? How do you internalize that? Is it something that you see positively, or is that something that kind of bothers you? Right. Right. And the same. It's kind of the same with seeing Chris being successful, quote unquote, at you know turning down wine or not mm -hmm. using drugs. It's like seeing someone else's progress. He can't help but sabotage mm -hmm. it. And seeing someone else's fun, right. he can't help but be like they're bored. Well, it's interesting, too, that, like, different people could interpret the ride differently. Like, Janice, 
for one, while they're at the dinner table talking about it. She's like, one second you're with your family, and the next, you know, it like goes off the rails, and and she turns it into an opportunity to kind of use it for her own self gain. She's seeking damages. What could have happened to my baby? Which is interesting because I actually don't think in that situation that she actually is concerned about her baby. She's, no, it's about herself and something that she can get. Yeah. And Bobby is maybe kind of in the middle. It's it's maybe a little more complicated, yeah. but there is this aspect of like using the the damage for your own good, for your own benefit. Like yep. garbage is their bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. And and that's kind of the the world that they live in. Also that that focus on family, that idea of what family is, and also throwing family out there, like the optics of caring about your family versus yes. actually caring about your family. And yeah. I think that also is related to the way family is dealt with in this episode between many different families, between Janice and Bobby's family, Tony and Carmela's family, between Christopher, Polly's Polly, family. family for sure. That's where we end off the episode. Yeah. Christopher to end Adriana, Christopher and Kelly, mm-hmm. Christopher, Adri- sorry, Adriana's mother. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of focus on family and there's actually some outright talk about it, which I find is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um... Oh, you want to talk about Polly? Sure, that's a that's a big one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like I like in this episode that it also ties us back into previous episodes, like the other things we were mentioning with the three a.m. thing. Oh, I missed that. Oh. Mm. Oh, you? How is it? That's your favorite kind of shit. I know. I'm tired. Oh my it's god! Hot. It's hot. It's <laughs> hot. Um, no. That's so... a winter thing that I get. I get those in the winter. <laughs> the summer's too hot. Um, he, his clock turns from 2.59 to 3 a.m. And that's when he gets up and goes down to his living room and calls like the emergency line for his doctor. And 3 a.m. is when, and we know Polly believes in this shit, right? So like Christopher, when Christopher wakes up from his coma, he says the 3 a.m. thing to Polly. I forget exactly what he says. Yeah. 3 a.m. <laughs> um, Spooky. Yeah. Um, and so Polly, and we know, like, Polly's very impacted by these kind of, like, psychological, not psychological, but, like... Supernatural. Supernatural elements, right? Yeah. And so this is something, he's, I love this, he's such a crazy guy. Like, he's just, yeah. like, so, like, he's, when he's talking to Tony and he's, like, twitching almost, he's so anxious about right. this biopsy. Um, well, I think he's dealing with mortality in the same way well, that we other see characters. see the wind outside. The wind the, and the trees. And he actually is, yeah. he's looking at it, right? Which is yeah. similar to Tony's had moments of actually looking at mm-hmm. the trees blowing in the mm-hmm. wind, which is something that we've talked about in previous episodes this mm-hmm. season. But Paulie's there at the very end looking at the tree blowing in the wind, inside watching with his mom. His mom. His... But, his whatever. Yeah, his aunt mom. <laughs> but watching this, like, Norwegian dance on TV, which for me is this, like, example of just kind of bland boring human existence Mm -hmm. like it's all they have but it does bring them together and there is some value in that yeah and i think it's it's funny because the sopranos is definitely somewhat of a nihilistic show somewhat of a bleak show but there is something in that just people spending time together having relationships there is an importance to family and even if it is doing something stupid like like watching norwegian dance man Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's still something to that that I think that's important for him and and of value. Mm-hmm. And I think it's maybe his way of coping with these questions of mortality and these bigger, yeah. bigger, bigger, bigger picture questions. Mm. Hot, 
<laughs> yeah, he definitely, I mean, he definitely, I don't know, like, I just don't know what kind of brings him there to go with his mom. Like, is it this illness that, like, is it this potential of having an illness? Like, I think is so. it his mortality? I think that that's what there? brings him to contemplating these yeah. bigger picture questions. I, I just, like, yeah, how it links to the other part of his storyline where he, like, doesn't get the proper safety. I don't, like, I don't really get the well, ins and outs So of I think it. that like, that's part of it, too, is, yeah. like, he doesn't have a family. That's right. the other thing. He has right. nothing, and right. all he cares about is himself. Right. And that's indicated by the fact that he doesn't care about these other families. Yeah. He doesn't care about other people's kids. He doesn't care about safety. Um, and I think that that's very, it makes somebody lonely. And especially when you're confronted with mortality, yeah. confronted with possibly dying, you don't know where to turn. You don't have anything of meaning. Mm -hmm. There's certainly nothing of meaning in Soprano's world that could comfort you at a time mm -hmm. of death. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Polly does turn to the supernatural. Yeah. No, it's that's true. That's all he has. Of course, the irony is that he turns to the supernatural and in the last moment of this episode he ends up being comforted by the most natural thing that we could possibly imagine it's the most like human <laughs> Val made a face she hated it <laughs> is it is Norwegian is dance leader, man leader hosen dancing it's not supernatural <laughs> no it's it just natural. it's so yeah you're right it's not natural <laughs> but you know what I mean it's like on the other end of the spectrum of supernatural yeah it's just it's human it's basic it's just a basic connection yeah and he doesn't need fantastical things to describe what's going on or ghosts or spooky things <laughs> but he does just have comfort in these kind of simple human yeah. connections it's funny, yeah, like how like how he copes without with not having a family, right? Like yeah. with Christopher's bachelor party, even like he's weird. Um, he get he tries to get half a dozen extra large Newark T-shirts from the <laughs> festival, I guess, like to give to the rest of the guys, right? Like all these extra large. I mean, that's a great present. All these extra large guys, yeah. If anybody would like to buy, at least me, I don't know about you, a Newark t-shirt, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he's, I don't, I, yeah, I just, I, it's, an, it's an interesting one, like how he treats his like quote unquote mob family. Um, but then it's also interesting his interaction like around this festival, right? This is something that obvi like obviously he's very passionate about. Mm -hmm. He he's passionate about the money that mm -hmm. comes from it, but he is also passionate about like he was about Columbus Day, um, these kind of symbols of Italian culture, and that's because like that's also his family. Like I think he holds very tightly to those. To those elements, right? Um, but then, of course, like money always can overtake. Right, he doesn't care that much. That, right, he doesn't care about safety. Um, he doesn't care about the gold hat. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. Which is, I love that scene where people are like, "Where's the hat?" <laughs> like, just like really upset. And he definitely doesn't really care about donating more money to the church. He's in this interesting situation right at the beginning of the episode where he's being told times have changed and he doesn't want to change. Yeah. Which well, obviously... It links back to the past episode too. They're talking about like there's less help than ever from the federal government for things like this, right? Like it links yeah. back into like it's over for the small, the little guy, yeah. the corporate America kind of thing, right? right. Like it's like this more materialistic cult, corporate mm -hmm. culture, right? Like big box stores and stuff right. like that, um, which is interesting. 
Yeah. But yeah, Saint Elzir. It's I, I I remember we looked this up another time we were watching mm. the show. We didn't do Oh right, like who Saint Elzir is. Yeah, we didn't we we were at the beach today, so we didn't Yeah, we were at the beach. Do any reading. It's our excuse. <laughs> but um I think there is actually a festival like this in New York, but it's not Saint Elzir, it's someone mm. else. But I forget who I it know. was. Anyways, well what is it? In New York the big one's San Gennaro, right? The one. San Gennaro. I probably messed up the name, but maybe it's big. Yeah. <laughs> I went. It was fun. It was cool and fun. <laughs> I like Zeppelis. Any festival I love with Zeppelis. But I felt. I think this is off topic. I think Zeppelis are traditionally for the feast of Saint Joseph. Okay. I mean, but maybe I know it's like it's like around Easter you can normally get Zeppelis. Yeah, I love Zeppelis. They're so Saint Joseph is around Easter. Good. Love Zeppelis. Um, yeah. Oh, there's also a cannoli eating contest at this festival, which... Which I would love to be a part I'm of. I'm very on board. I don't know if the actual one in Newark has a cannoli eating competition. If there competition. is, I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Every We year. should scope this out. Yeah. What are we going to do when we're finished our podcast? That was what Alex uh, is asking me today. More. And I think we'll like <laughs> go investigate these things further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Polly, St. Elzir, this festival. It seems fun. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, the other, just to backtrack a yeah. little bit, um, and I meant to say it when we were kind of on that topic, in Tony's one session with Melfi this episode where he says, like, you know, why they're bored, and she's like, are you bored? Um, they talk about, he's like, I wish it didn't have to be a pair of socks. And he's like, it's just the human condition. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. what is? And he doesn't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he doesn't. I think that, yeah. And so I don't know if he's saying if it's boredom or if he's saying, like, is boredom the, a human condition? Right. Or what? That That's a big question, way. though. Yeah. I mean, for Tony to come up with an answer for that basically. Yeah, <laughs> but what was he, basically re- but what was he referring to? Right. Is my question. I think it's also for up to us to figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's a question that's too big. And it's, it's important for us to think about mm-hmm. and maybe not be given the answer to. And, that, and Tony doesn't know. That's the whole point. No. Nobody knows no. in this world. And we can never know. Yeah. It's too big of a question. But it is interesting to kind of surmise what Tony's answer could be. I mean, it might be boredom. I think it's just such a central part of this episode in particular. I think that's where almost all the characters are. Yeah. That's kind of what everybody's dealing with. For me, it was interesting that scene with Christopher where he's with Corky and he chooses to actually take some of the drugs. Mm. But he gets in the car and he's talking about his house and he's talking... Yeah, you know, like, how about this car? And like, how about, yeah. yeah, well then, yeah, he yeah. it ends up, you know, how about the car? Like, Corky doesn't care. No, Corky and just wants drugs. Yeah, and, and so does Christopher, really. Yeah. But it's like, it's a mask. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah. It's something, basically, that he's learnt as an addict, as a way that he can kind of put his you know, obsessive behavior into something else. And he's, you know, getting this house and this car and he's impressing people, including Tony, mm-hmm. who says that he's doing well, but ultimately all those same issues are there and he can't cope with it. Mm-hmm. And it is boredom because obviously at any step of the show, we can tell that a house and car isn't going to be able to appease Christopher. He's looking for something much deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, and that's, I think why I really like the Christopher episode so much is I think that we for me Christopher I mean maybe Christopher's just a character that really speaks to me Mm -hmm. I don't know that we all (laughs) do you get bored of things easily and turn to heroin (laughs) (laughs) listen I don't I don't turn to heroin but I think it's like um I think his kind of adventure in this really interests me I mean every time I watch it because he does have the like we know that he does act 
he's probably the one character that does have these other interests outside of what he's currently doing. Yeah. Right? And that he's like especially when he was doing more of the writing like we see it still now with the, with Cleaver with the movie mm-hmm. right but he's not a writer in that movie right he's just like kind of a producer Executive yeah producer. like so but he does like there is this other world and i think that's you know also what makes me so sad with you know thinking back to Adriana's death right in that episode you know she does say like we could go wherever like she's like we could go out west or something what does she say to him like right um, i know what you're talking about and Mm -hmm. and so we i don't know i constantly am always thinking about that for christopher right like especially in the moments where you see him kind of like being clean and Mm -hmm. and you know right um what could he have been yeah so yeah anyways makes me sad so yeah i can't make me sad yeah Mm mm-hmm we have Tony and Phil cutting out Johnny Sack, which is interesting. It's kind of a throwaway part of the episode, but yeah. it does kind of develop the relationships and where everybody stands. And also for me, kind of played into that idea of family. Yeah. Because they they are supposed to be these two kind of joint families and Johnny should be kind of cared for by Tony and Phil at this point. Yeah. And at this point, they're just turning on him because he's weak and distant. What even were they talking about in that scene? Like what were like... What are they cutting him out of? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. There was a deal that had to happen tonight. Yeah. I guess it wasn't the wine. I thought Tony it was, was the wine I thought it was at the first. wine first, yeah. but I guess Tony's stalking it, so I guess it isn't. Yeah. I so I'm not sure. We found out that Christopher got 300 for the five cases, which is very confusing to me. I don't understand me. that number. It's always been a very confusing moment. Yeah. My best interpretation is that he gets 300 per case, so he got $1,500. Which doesn't seem like that big a deal to shoot yeah, somebody it, for. But like then I'm like, well, like yeah, like like is it three hundred thousand? Because then that also doesn't make sense. That also, that's How many a, bottles of wine are in a case? I don't. I don't. Can't drink wine. I get like, headaches. <laughs> like twelve, maybe. Okay. Okay. That would be very expensive wine. It would be for five. Yeah, for twelve, that would be like five thousand dollars a bottle. Right. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. Mind. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what the Vipers were stealing it for. They were stealing the ATM too. Maybe they uh, knew what they were doing. Yeah, I don't know, but it is a, num- a number that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Shitload of money. Yeah. If that's the case, they did very well. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't talking to <laughs> Phil about the wine. I don't think. I don't but, think so. Um. Yeah. Now that kind of sets us up for some stuff going towards the end yeah, of season two. Absolutely. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Which we're getting to. End of the season. We really are getting there. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's it's also you know when, no spoilers, but like you know when Chris says things like, to Tony like we're the two musketeers, right? You know, and they just they're loving each other. Yeah. Um, it makes me think about what will happen for those two characters and their relationship as right. we go forward. Totally. For, towards the end of the show. Yep. Absolutely. It does. And yeah, I don't have too much else. My my notes are on two pages. <laughs> two page notes. Yeah, that's all. That's all. We're done. Cannoli eating. That <laughs> Cannoli was a, eating. That was a note that I had. I like that note. Um, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. We're approaching the end of season six A. Are we'll... we are we gonna do a season six A summary? I think we are. I think you have to. We have yeah. to. That's what we do now. That's what we do now. Yeah. Will we have to go back and do season one and season two? <laughs> That's a great question, I guess. Will we have to do the new Saints of Newark movie when it comes out? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Exciting stuff. 
Yeah. So, Will we have to go to Holston's to celebrate once we're finished doing this podcast? I think so. Yeah. If none of you have gone to Holston's where the last scene of this show happens, it's a great place. It really is. Yeah. They have great We don't have burgers. sponsors on this show, but <laughs> if we did, we'd want it to be Holston's, but yeah. they aren't paying us anything. What do but... they call that burger special? They have a name for it. Oh, the house special. Two the hamburgers, ten ninety five. So good. They're really good. Get, like, Whatever cheese you want. Gruyere. Don't they do Gruyere? No, Swiss. So good. They like broil it onto the bun on each side. Yeah. We went because we're Sopranos fans. Turns out it's amazing. Yeah, turns out it's just a great <laughs> restaurant people really like. Turns out it's amazing. Um, yeah. So, maybe you'll see us at Holston's. Okay. See you then. <laughs> at Holston's. At Holston's. Till then. Bye. Bye.